All right. How many of y'all want to have some fun tonight? All right. How many of y'all want to learn a song tonight? Oh, come on, people. How many of y'all want to learn a song? All right. Most of y'all may know it. Uh, uh, how many of y'all have ever heard, Give Me That Old Time Religion? Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high. Now, how many of y'all went to church when you was younger and, uh, and, and, and you, would, you would call out, which, you know, when I was a kid, everybody would already kind of know the song, and they'd have different parts of it. Uh, it was good for, somebody give me one. Paul and Silas, that was one. All right, anybody remember another one? It was good for, see, I got to teach y'all everything, everything. All right, now, now Jalen, I don't know where he went. Because he knew I'd probably need him to help me with his song, so he's hiding somewhere. <clears throat> now, how many? Raise your hand again. How many of y'all know this song? How many of y'all know this song? Now, now that's about half of y'all to raise your hand a while ago. <laughs> y'all chickening out on me now. All right, here's the deal. Here's what we're going to be teaching on tonight. Here's what we're going to be teaching on: real religion, real religion. Uh, we hear people talk about old time religion. Boy, we like that old time religion and. And, and, you know, it's kind of like a religion war. We, we, we got to have hymnals or we sing off the screen or we do this or we do that. And, and get up here and get a mic. Don't you hide. I see you hiding back there. Get down here. I got a mic for you right here just in case I mess it up. I probably not, but I'm going to need you just in case. And, uh, and, and, you know, some people have the idea, some people have the idea that the old-time religion is you got to preach with a suit on. Uh, you got to sing out of a hymnal, you have to have a Sunday school class, or you got to spit to the third row. That's old-time religion. Or you got to have a bus route and all that. And, you know, a lot of that stuff is okay. I grew up with that. When I grew up, uh, the preacher was usually foaming at the mouth during the introduction. Amen? And I like somebody that preaches like he believes what he's saying. So that's, that's a good thing. But tonight we're going to learn what real old-time religion is. And James tells us about it. James teaches us what this is. So while I was studying it, I couldn't help but think about this song. And I said, if there's any song we need to learn, this is a good one to learn because we can have some fun with it. All right? Are you ready? Hey, I don't know if I'm ready. I'll find out. Last time I told everybody to follow me, I was three keys off. Amen? All right. Here we go. Oh, and by the way, too, uh, Miss Sherry asked, said, uh, uh, where, where is he going to be singing? What key or is that what it was? What key was that? And I said, just start somewhere. I'll find you. Amen. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. All right. How many of y'all know it now? How many of y'all know it now? All right. Now, I need some enthusiasm. I need some enthusiasm. All right. Now, I need you to sing loud. All right. Here we go. Let's try it again. Let's try it again from the top. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Sing it now. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas. Come on. It was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas. It's good enough for me. It will take us all to heaven. 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 It's good enough for me. It will do when I'm done. 
It will do when I am dying. It will do when I am dying. It will do when I am dying. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Give the Lord praise and glory. Yeah. Amen. Now, wasn't that fun? All right. James chapter number one and verse number 26. Thank you, Miss Sherry and Brother Jalen. Uh, I didn't really need you, but I'm glad you was here. Amen. <laughs> verse, number, verse number 26. We... Uh, if you're here new on, on Wednesday night, we, we just go through the Bible, just verse by verse as we, as we take it. We're in James chapter number 1. Uh, last week, we, we covered uh, basically the topic of the Bible coming to our rescue. We've been dealing with trials and temptations, uh, uh, testings, if you will, going through difficult times and, and going through times where the devil will try to tempt us to do wrong and to sin and to fall and, and all that kind of thing. And we, we found out that the Bible is our greatest weapon against sin. How many of y'all would say amen right there? The Bible to the rescue. We talked about reading the Bible. We talked about the Bible, how it would be a mirror and would reflect who we really are. Uh, it, we would see Christ in the Bible. And the more we view him and the more we gaze upon Christ, the more we become like him. And he is a victor. Say amen. amen. Now, <coughs> last week, we stopped. We ran out of time. And what I did, for all the, all the pages that you got today, most of y'all, you kept your outline from last week. And all I did was take the part we didn't finish, all right? Take the part we didn't finish, and I just added to it. That's what this is. I didn't want to say, okay, if you didn't have a lesson last week or you don't, don't have it from last week. So I just made one for everybody, and we just added to it. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. That's why it says extra, all right? Uh, we're going to go through what we covered a little bit last week and then finish us off tonight, all right? Verse number 26. If you're there, say amen. If any man among you, now James is speaking to, to believers, he's speaking to the church, if you will. If any man among you seem to be religious, seem to be religious. The word seem, I looked that up, and it, it means to put an appearance of or, or to resemble, look like. So what he is saying here is it's possible to look it but not be it. Y'all with me? Just because you have a suit on and is sitting in church on Sunday morning don't, don't make you what you're trying to portray to everybody else you are. And James is looking through all that. He's seeing through all that, that, that facade, and he says, If there's any man among you that seems to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, that means to control. The word bridle uh, there means to guide, to control, to restrain. We know we put bridles in horses' mouths, and we'll talk about that more in chapter number 3, but that is to control the mouth. In other words, he's saying <clears throat> if you have somebody and he looks religious, he looks like a Christian, he looks godly, he looks like he's supposed to look, and he can have the appearance, but he can't shut up. I'm just, let's just talk plain. He cannot control his mouth. Look what it says. It says, he deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is what? Vain. Vain means empty. There's nothing to it. 
pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Church, say amen. Amen. Lord, help us tonight. Uh, Lord, it's so good to be in, in in the gospel tent tonight. Lord, it's good to have folks that are here wanting to learn, wanting to grow and to develop and uh, become more like you. And I pray that you'll help us as we gaze into your word that, that you, will, you will guide and you will direct and you will help us. I pray, Lord, that, that we, will, we will see something that's going to help us grow stronger, it's going to help us to grow closer to you, and your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. <coughs> All right, you can be seated. <coughs> it's, it's real exciting. Uh, uh, today I was I was in the in the building, uh, which I every every day I go in there a couple times a day. I can't help it; it's just uh, in 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 my spirit to do that. And and they've got uh, they've got the metal, all the metal up for the balcony all the way around now. Uh, so it's it's really it's really you're seeing uh, what it's going to look like. They were they were fixing to lay out the platform and uh, and and from the south end of the building. All the way up to where the gym's going to be has already got a coat of primer on it. Say amen. Yeah, amen. So that's coming along good. It's hard to get your work done when you want to keep investigating what they're doing. Amen. But anyway, uh, God's really been good to us, and I thank God for that. Now, uh, the lesson tonight. Uh, Last week, last week, as as we as we went through the, the the second part of chapter number one, we found out that even with trials and temptations, God did not leave us without help. God did not leave us without weapons, if you will. He did not send us to war without the necessary uh, items that we would need to fight the battle. And he said, it is the word of God. When Satan was tempted, uh, the Lord Jesus in the wilderness, he defeated him. Uh, The Lord defeated Satan with the word. He quoted the word. He said three words. It is written. You have everything you need to win the battle. Say amen. Now, last week we talked about it being a mirror. Last week we talked about restoration. Uh, We talked about examination. Uh, We talked about finding who we really are and what we really are and allowing God to do his work in us. But but this week uh, I want to talk more about the word being promoted. In other words, letting us live what we're studying. In other words, taking what we have here out there. If we don't, if we don't, and we're going to learn this, we're going to learn this uh, in the weeks to come uh, throughout James, that, that we can't just talk the talk without walking the walk. We, we cannot just say, I have faith, because we're going to talk about faith and works and what faith produces in our life, and what should be seen in our life, and and what people out there should see in us. And tonight, uh, he really deals with an important topic, and and he he really pinpoints it. And and it's amazing that when he talks about being a real Christian, being real religious, in other words, being godly like we're supposed to be, the very first thing that he brings up and he talks about is running our mouths. Say amen. Amen. So, apparently, uh, there, were, there were several verses, especially chapter number 3. We talk about in chapter number 3. Uh, 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 in chapter number 4, you find it. Uh, uh, James dealing with the tongue and the power of the tongue and, the, and, the, and really the destruction of the tongue and what, what talking can do. So, tonight, we're going to look at real religion. You know what? If there was anything that I want on my tombstone, 
He was real. He was real. Uh, my buddy Brian put on his Facebook status. He said, I would rather be hated for being real than love for being fake. And boy, I tell you what, there's a lot of truth to that. I want to be real. Jesus wants us to be real. We don't have to put on a front. We shouldn't put on a front. We shouldn't, we shouldn't fake it. It should be real. And in and, and three areas, three areas that he, he kind of specifies in these two verses about being real, real. And he doesn't use, he doesn't use old-time religion as the adjectives to describe uh, the religion we're expecting. He uses words like pure, pure. Look what he says, look what he says in verse number 26. Uh, excuse me, verse number 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. So what we, what we should be bragging about really what we should be posting about, what we should be texting about is not old-time religion, but pure religion, pure religion. How, how do we describe that? How do we, how do we uh, portray or promote pure religion out in this world? In other words, when we, how many of y'all know one of, the, one of the biggest criticisms that the, the world and lost people have against the church is the church is a bunch of And, and, and you know what the, the word hypocrite means? One who wears a mask. One who wears a mask. What does that mean? He's not real. What happens? They come to church, and they see, they see somebody uh, singing Amazing Grace or My Sins Are Gone, and then they go to the bar, and he's singing My Achy Breaky Heart. They come to church and smile and want everybody to see them in the front with a tie on, but then they go lie about a horse trade or a dog trade or a hog trade or whatever it is, and, and they're saying, wait a minute. And, and this is not the same person that I just saw. And then the worst part about it is that person that's going to church becomes a critic of the one that's sinning out there. And, and, and they see this, and there is no bigger hypocrite than the one that criticizes somebody else for their sin because it's not the sin that they're guilty of. Now, I'm not, I'm not of the persuasion, and I'm not of the, of the, the group that says, let's not, let's not deal with any sin because everybody sins. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not with that crowd. And I'm not saying that, hey, let's just don't. The Bible says you judge them by the fruit that they bear. You know what kind of tree it is by that, and you have to deal with it. But, but being that person who's always looking down on somebody else because they're not as good in their weakness as you are with yours, that's what he's talking about. He said, if we're going to be real, because in just a few verses, we're going to talk about being uh, prejudiced toward rich people and poor people. In other words, you being good to rich people and looking down on poor people. You being a, a respecter of persons, if you will. So we know there's a lot of fakeness going on, and James is trying to get them to be real. Whatever you are, be real. Be real. Amen? Amen. So three areas that we need to deal with, <clears throat> three areas that we need to, to, to really be real in. And, and the first is this, number one, or A, however you have it in your, in your notes there. It, it'll be the same on your old paper and on your new paper. If you want to just put it on your new paper first and then transfer it to your, to your old lesson, that'll be fine. 
Uh, but first, we need to be real in our speech. Say it with me. We need to be real in our, our speech. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. There are a lot of people who can talk a good game. They can even quote verses. And it's amazing to me the ones that will quote verses to condemn you, but they don't have no verses for their issues. Uh, the men will quote verses to their wives about submission. The Bible says you're to submit, woman. Well, the Bible also says you're to give your life and lay it down. Give your life as Jesus gave his life for the church. Gentlemen, our job's a lot harder than theirs. Laying your life down doesn't mean take a bullet. It means laying everything, your desires, your wants, your wishes. Boy, it's quiet, ain't it? <laughs> See, we want to quote verses, but, but we need, if we're going to quote verses, let's quote them all. Or, or let's just be quiet. Let's just, let's just be quiet. Watch. I got some verses. <laughs> Look. Proverbs 21, 23. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from. Now, how many of y'all know? A lot of trouble we got into in our lives because we, we didn't shut our mouth. Y'all with me? How much? And, and let me say this. Facebook is the ability to run your mouth behind a computer screen. That's why there's more drama on Facebook than it is face-to-face because -to -face. too many people uh, would be too much of a coward to say it face-to-face -face than they would on the, and, and it's funny. They'll type stuff out, and then they'll put the person's name. Come on, man. Say amen. amen. Let's just don't say nothing. Nothing. He who keeps his mouth, in other words, refrains from talking, keeps his words, he's going to keep himself out of a lot of trouble. Watch, watch. Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. What does that mean? A man that's talking a lot, he's going to get in trouble. There's going to be sin happening. He's going to say the wrong things. He's going to deal with it in the wrong way. But he that refraineth his lips is, Proverbs 13, 3. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have what? I love this one right here, Proverbs 17, 27. He that hath knowledge spareth his words. Have you ever noticed older, wiser people are quieter people? You ever notice that? I've noticed, I, I, I remember, I remember <clears throat> Brother Craig Edwards, and this is kind of an off topic, but, but Brother Craig Edwards, he's probably one of the wisest guys I know, probably one of the wisest preachers, men of God that I know. And, uh, and, and we wasn't even talking about spiritual issues. But we were sitting in, in the kitchen in my, in, at, my, at my dad's church down in Florida, and, and a bunch of us young preachers in there, we was talking about, we was talking about coon hunting is what we was talking about. And they, this one was saying this about this dog and that dog and this, this breed of dog and that. And he wasn't saying anything. He wasn't saying anything. And, and, and he was just real quiet. And one of them said, well, brother, brother Craig, what are you thinking? And he said something 
that just cracked the other guy. I'm talking about it was it was the, the greatest cut down get I mean comeback that there ever has been, and everybody else just died laughing and said nothing else. Say amen. What do you mean? Wise people don't say much, but when they do say something, it's got weight and it has merit. Uh people with knowledge. People with knowledge. He that hath knowledge spareth his words. And a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a, even a, when he holdeth his peace is counted what? And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of. How many of you have heard the phrase? It's better to keep your mouth shut and let him think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. I was told that one time. Just be quiet. Now, what what does what does what does the mouth reveal? Uh, I've heard people say that the eyes uh, uh, are the are the gateway to the soul. I don't know. I don't know what where that comes from, but but I've heard people say the eyes are the gateway to the soul. But but you know what the Bible says about the mouth is the gateway to the heart. In other words, what is in the heart comes out the mouth. Watch what it says. Watch what it says in Matthew 12. Brother Buchanan, come up here if you don't mind. Matthew 12, 34. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance. In other words, what's in here will come out here. You say, oh, that's, that's just a sweet person. They don't mean to say that. No, no, no. If it's here, it will be here. It will be here. If, it, if it's bitter words coming out of their mouth, they're bitter. If, they're, if, they're, if there is a broken spirit and a broken heart, guess what kind of words will be coming out? If there's joy and happiness and, 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 and jubilation in the, in the heart, Guess what will be coming out the mouth? And we got to be careful because we're going to reveal to everybody what we truly are, who we truly are, or where we are with God truly. So, preacher, what do we do? Be quiet. It would be better, it would be better to say nothing than to say the wrong thing. Let me say it again. It would be better to say nothing than the wrong thing. Let me give you an illustration. Let's, 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 let's have our stuff there, pal. Uh, this is Johnny B. Christian. <clears throat> All right. Uh, how many of y'all know sometimes Sometimes uh, we as Christians get into situations? Now, now, now look. I know this is going to hit home tonight. Y'all don't shut down on me now. Come on. How many of y'all know we get into situations? And by the way, by the way, before you get home and get in a fight, no husband and no wife and no teacher called me and said, deal with this tonight, all right? So everybody's, everybody's cool, okay? Now, this, this, is, this is Johnny B. Christian, and, 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 and this is the Christian's mouth right here. 
And what comes out of here is words. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? All right. All right. Go ahead. All these words come out. Quicker with words. I mean, these words come. And if you notice, when, when emotions get higher, them words come faster. And usually with a little more heat and a, and, and, and a little more animosity. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Okay. All right. All right. But now we're sorry. Now we're sorry. We shouldn't have said all that. Right? We shouldn't have said all that. Uh, let's put these words back. Come on. Seriously. Let's let's. We got to put them back. No, we're really sorry. We got to really try to put them back. Come on, man. I still see them. I still feel them. Are you for real? Now, how many of y'all have had a relationship like this right here? Y'all with me? Man, that's a mess. Am I done yet? You're done. Okay. Go get your rag over there. All right. You can't, you can't put them words back once they're gone. You can say, I'm sorry. You can, you can say, I apologize. You can, even, you can even say this. You can even say this. I didn't mean it. But they're already there. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes we don't mean it. Sometimes it's just something in the in the heat of the moment and 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 but guess what? The wound is still there. You can take it back, you can apologize, you can you can try to make up for it, you can buy gifts, you can go out to dinner, you can if if what if we would have what if we would have just before it got to that situation, let the Holy Spirit remind us, you know, best thing I can do is shut up. And, I, and that might be, you know, some people teach, you shouldn't say shut up. I don't know where that come from, but, you know, some people don't like those words. But, but sometimes we need to do that. I, I have, I have, now trust me, me and, me and my wife, we, we have issues like everybody else. Everybody has issues. Everybody goes home. There ain't no Ken and Barbies around here. I know and understand that. <laughs> but, but I have learned, I have, I have learned over, over being married 20 years uh, that when, when I, we first got married, I would say things. And and now, 20 years later, I'm thinking and I'm feeling and I'm wanting to say those same things. And I'm thinking like, no, no. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. Cause because the outcome is not worth the satisfaction of saying what I want to say. And then later on, I'm saying, thank God. I didn't say what I wanted to say. Preacher, how can we do that? How can we do that? I'll tell you how. When we start valuing the relationship more than winning the argument, sometimes it's not about who's right and wrong. It's who's got more pride than the other. And it's not necessarily a right or wrong issue because most of the stuff we argue about, it don't matter either way. Amen? What it, ha what it has to do with is pride. Pride. And what does God say pride will always go before a fall? Listen, real religion, being a real Christian, being a real Christian, 
is having the ability to keep one's mouth shut. Being a real Christian is having the ability to say nothing. I mean, it's the old cliche. If you can't say something nice, that's good advice. That's good advice. One, one, one child one child was going to try to trick his, his mama. She was a really wise person, and, and, uh, and, he, and he thought he had her because she always came up with a good answer. And she said, he, he said to his mom, Mama, say something, say something nice about the devil. She said, hmm. She said, boy, he sure is persistent. <laughs> Listen, if you can come up that with the devil, you can come up that with your spouse or your neighbor or your enemy. You know what Jesus said? Bless your enemy. Do kind things for your enemy. Boy, we must have had a rough week this week, amen? That's not always fun. But he says if you're going to be real, if you're going to be real, watch your speech. Because your speech, what, what did, what, oh, thank you. That wasn't even in the notes. Amen. Uh, do you remember when, do you remember when, when, when Peter was, was hiding out, Jesus had been arrested and, and they were accusing him and, 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 and trying, to, trying to say, hey, you were with one of them. You were with one of them. You were with one of them. And he kept saying, no, no, I wasn't with one of them. And you know what they said? You know what they said? Your speech betrayeth you. You was with them. You was with them. And guess what? Guess what? Check this out. You know when they quit bothering him? And when they quit accusing him of being with Jesus? was after he cussed. The third time he cursed. Said, I was not with this man. They don't accuse him anymore. Preacher, what are you saying? Be careful how you talk. Because I found this out. People are watching. People are looking. Now, I know, I know we, can, we can get into side arguments about what's a real cuss word or what makes a cuss word or whatever. Listen, if it's going to offend somebody, don't say it. Don't even go there. Because let's be real. Let's be real and be what God wants us to be. Amen? Now, uh, uh, speech, speech. Real religion will be found in our speech. Then, then, then the second thing. We find it says this, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. The second thing I want you to write down is the word service. Let's not only be real in our speech, but let's be real in our service. To visit does not just mean, hey, let's go, let's go by and sit down and drink a cup of coffee with them. That's not what it's saying. To visit them means to minister to them, to come to their need. To meet their, excuse me, to meet their need. It means to serve. Now watch, this is so important. It means to serve people who can't serve you. It means reaching out to people who can't do anything for you. You remember when Jesus was talking about having a party and who to invite to the party? He says, invite people that don't have the ability to throw a party. Invite people Reach out to people who can't do nothing for you. Too many times we get caught up with ministering to people we think we can get ministered back from. And Jesus said, that's not the deal. That's not the deal. Don't just reach out to rich people. Don't just reach out to people of your class. 
Reach out to people who cannot help themselves. Jesus said, you remember what Jesus said when we we're going to stand before the judgment? And he's going to say, he's going to say you know, uh, 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 you, you, you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You came to see me in the prison. You, you did all of these things. And, and they said, well, when do we do all of that? When do we do all that to you, Lord? He said, when you've done it to the, the least of these. You know, we, we, we bring, we reach out to folks here at Temple that most churches won't. Matter of fact, we've been criticized for it, and they don't even know they're paying us a compliment. Have you seen the riffraff that go to Temple? There's so much I want to say right there, but I'm learning to be quiet. (laughs) Be quiet. The least of these. Reaching out. You know what I found? I found this, that when I I try to go be a blessing to people who I feel like they need a blessing, I always leave with a blessing. I always do. James said, James said, quit. Quit. Man, I don't know how to put all this in words. I got so many things in my mind. He's dealing, he's dealing with people who are supposed to be religious. You got to keep that in your mind. You got to keep that in your mind who he's addressing. He's addressing people who everybody thinks has it all together. They're wearing the tie. They're wearing, they're saying all the right things. They've got Christianese down real good. They're fluent in, in Christian words and talks but they're not acting it. They're not living it. They're not being Christ around the people who need people to be Christ around. Are y'all with me? Let's, let's do it this way. If all our friends are saved church people, we're not doing our job. We're not doing our job. I, I, use, I use some of y'all were in... Uh, uh, we're, we're in the, the membership class Sunday, foundations class Sunday. I, I, there's, there's, one part of our, there's one part of our church covenant that I just stop and say, okay, guys, I got a pet peeve right here. And, 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 and I can't help, but I don't have many pet peeves. I, I, I can get along with anybody. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty easy-go-lucky. That, but this is one pet peeve I have. One part, of our, one part of our church covenant is about accepting anyone. Warmly, I think it says it this way, warmly welcoming those who visit. And this is what I say. The, the brighter the light, the bigger the... There's going to be some weird people come to this place. I mean, there's going to be some strange people come to this place. And I, I, I tell the story of what happened down in, the, in, the, in the, 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 the little auditorium when we were in that building. I was preaching. How many of y'all know sometimes when a preacher's preaching, especially when he's, he's in the groove, man, I mean, he's going after it. Sometimes his, his, his mouth goes to going faster than his brain does. Uh, and he's liable to say anything. He's liable to say anything. My dad was preaching one time, and uh, he, was, he was talking about when Jesus raised the damsel. And he, he, told, you know, he told the damsel, arise, damsel. And he was going out preaching. He said, and Jesus said, arise, decimal. Amen, decimal. He said, I don't have much of an education, but I have enough education to know that water is HBO. Amen. You, you, you. Now, some of y'all, it took you a minute to catch that one. I don't. 
Well, I was just I was just going after it, preaching, you know, just wide open. And I was talking about this about you know loving everybody, no matter their class, no matter their color, no matter no matter anything. You just love them and accept them. And I said, I don't care if they look like they're inbred with a peacock. I want you to love them like Jesus does. And it was like, you ever get that five second rule? Like five seconds after you said it, you're like, whoa! I'm thinking, did I just say that out loud that night? You're not going to believe it. This dude walks through the back doors, and he's got fishnet stockings on. And he's pierced in places I can't even tell you tonight. He had a mohawk on top of his head that stuck up about that high, and it was colored every color of the rainbow. I looked, and a peacock walked through the door. Amen. <laughs> and I thought, oh. And all of our people said, welcome to Temple. We're glad to have you. Sit your little peacock self down right here. Amen. <laughs> it, don't ma- it don't matter who they are. It don't matter who they are. Listen, there's going to be people coming here smell like alcohol. They's in the club. I- I- I've heard preachers preach. I tell you what, them people in your church, they's in the club on Saturday night. Well, thank God they're in church on Sunday morning. There's going to be people in here don't dress right. They don't dress right. Women that don't dress right. Men that don't act right, smell right, all this kind of stuff. You know why? We're going after them. I was in a church. Churches are calling us all the time. Oh, please come help us. Please come help us. Please come help us. Okay, no problem, man. I love that kind of thing. I mean, I, it really does. I, I enjoy that kind of thing. And I, I was out at this church <clears throat> out that way, and, uh, and, uh, uh, and we were walking through everything, and, 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 and we walked past, the, we walked past the, the, the board on the wall, uh, that, that had attendance. I don't know if most, some of y'all have been to church. When I was growing up, that's what, you know, you'd put the, 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 the worship attendance up and you'd put Sunday school attendance up. And I was just standing there looking at it with that look on my face. Y'all know I don't, I don't have a good poker face. It just does not work real good. And, and I was sitting there looking at that, and he said, isn't that great? Because what, what, what it was is there was like, there was like 95 or, or maybe 90, 90 in Sunday school and 95 in church. I mean, just about every person in the church went to Sunday school. And I was looking at that number, and it was just registering in my head. And uh, he said, he said, what do you think about that right there? I said, that's awful, ain't it? He said, what? You mean to tell me we almost have 100% attendance in Sunday school, and you think that's awful? I said, yeah, man, that's terrible, ain't it? He said, no, it's a, what do you mean that's terrible? I said, that means your people are not doing their job. Because unchurched people don't come to Sunday school. Hoodlums don't get up that early in the morning. Say amen. And if everybody in your church is coming to Sunday school, that means you're not reaching anybody. And, I, and I've, 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 been, I've been told this before too. Well, you at Temple, you don't even know everybody. And here's my say. If everybody knows everybody, you're not reaching anybody and if we're going to be the church that God puts his hand on we got to go after the ones he cares about and he cares about the down and out he cares about the addict he cares about the drug dealer he cares about the street walker he cares about those that nobody else cares about go visit them I know, I know he specifically says, 
I know he specifically says the fatherless and the widow. But I think you can really apply this to anybody who can't help themselves. Are y'all with me? Let's be real. Let's not, let's not let our religion be a Sunday morning religious experience where we come in here and sing and look good for everybody else, and then we go out there and treat everybody else like we hadn't been to church. I read again today. I read again today a, a, a waitress. A waitress. It wasn't, wasn't a day. I think it was yesterday. But a waitress was posting something about uh, being a waitress on Sunday and being aggravated because... Uh, self-righteous, high and mighty, nosing the air people, saying, well, why ain't you in church? Well, because she's feeding you, dummy. <laughs> now, I don't, I, I, you say, well, you, you invite people. I do. I do. But I don't make them feel bad for being where they are right then. And then this is the worst part about it. They're the worst tippers all week long. And this is not the first time I've heard this. I was listening to a radio show. I was listening to a radio show on, on, on the radio, and they were talking about, I mean, I mean, there was one waiter and one waitress after another just coming on there and saying, I hate working on Sunday. And it wasn't because they couldn't go to church. It was because the rudest people all week long are the people with suits and fancy dresses that come out of churches and go to the restaurant, and they treat them like slaves and don't even hardly tip them. Now, I'm, I'm fixing to get angry because it's kind of like the Bible verse says this. These things ought not so to be. The kindest people all week long should be church people. The biggest tippers all week long should be church people. But let me tell you what. Their religion is vain. And, 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 and we're hurting our cause. We want to reach people. We want to reach people, but we're not treating people like Jesus would treat them. Well, I'm paying for my service. So what? So what? You don't know who jerks they had before you got there. Be Jesus regardless of whether you get your tea on time. Yeah, I'm saying it. Amen? Whether, whether there was cheese on it, right. And by the way, let me give you some good advice. This is really not spiritual, but I watched 2020. You don't want to send it back. Now, if you need to know what I'm talking about, see me after the service, and I'll help you out with that. Hey, well, it's not cooked all the way. Use more ketchup. It helps. Amen. Just put more ketchup on it, and you won't see. It'll blend in with If you like it well done, it'll blend in with the blood, and you'll think it's ketchup, and it'll taste just the same. Say amen. But whatever we do, let's be Jesus. Whatever we do, let our speech betray us. What does that mean? When we get through talking, they should say, are you a Christian? You're a Christian, aren't you? Nobody ever should have to advertise that they're a Christian. When they see you coming, you should be dressed like one. When they hear you talking, you should talk like one. When they see your attitude and your, and your demeanor, 
you should look like a Christian. Amen? Okay. You know what? You remember, does anybody remember what the theme, what the theme of James is? You remember? Say it again. Say it again. Stand up and say it. Growing up. Now, how many of y'all know growing up's not fun sometimes? There's growing pains. Well, I think there's some growing pains tonight. I can tell by the responses. I can tell by what I'm seeing that this is bothering us. And it may be because how we treated somebody this week. The best thing to do is find that person after this is over and say, I wasn't even Christian. By the way, I talked to you. And make it right. Make it right. And Jesus would be pleased with that. You see, after, after we've seen ourselves, now we're going back into James 1, and after we read the book and the book reveals us who we really are, after we've seen ourselves in Christ in the mirror of his word, we must see others in their need. Isaiah first saw the Lord, then himself, and then the people to whom he would minister. Let's, let's turn there. Let's turn there. Turn with me to Isaiah. We'll get out of the New Testament for a little while. Maybe we'll cool off a little bit. <laughs> Isaiah chapter number 6. This young, this young prophet, he was, he was woe in everybody. He was condemning everybody. Woe unto them. Woe unto everybody. And then, and, and, and then he saw the Lord. Then he saw the Lord. All the way up into Isaiah 6. Look in Isaiah chapter number 6. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah 6, are you there? Say amen. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. In other words, I saw him in all of his glory. And it stood, uh, and above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Hold, say it with me, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, to really, really, really get that, you see, King Uzziah was Isaiah's hero. King Uzziah, when he began his ministry and his throne, his, his, his reign, if you will, he was an incredible king. He was a godly king. I mean, had the touch of God on him and the favor of God on him, and he messed up toward the end, and, and he died. Uh, he did things he wasn't supposed to. Uh, and, 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 and now we have a young prophet, the young Isaiah, who is mourning over the death of his hero, and, 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 and the glory is, is really, it's amazing about man's glory. It always goes away. I don't care, I don't care. Have you ever noticed these really, really great athletes and they try to hold on to it too long? Michael Jordan did. Joe Montana did. Jerry Rice did. All of them tried to hold on because man's glory always fades. Always fades. We see fighters who try to hold on to it too long. They get their eyes beat out when they should have retired. Wait, why? Man's glory always fades. And you know what, what, what God's showing Isaiah? God's glory fills the earth. and It never goes away. Now watch, watch. When he sees the Lord, he sees him holy. Holy, holy. The post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. 
Then I said, woe is, woe is, for I am undone. When you see God how he really is, you'll see you how you really are. Amen? He said, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then it says in verse number 8, then it says verse number 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, say it with me. Say it again. Here am I, send me. In other words, in other words, let me go. When you see Christ how he really is, you'll see you and us how we really are. Then we will see others in their need. In their need. Church, say amen. Look here. Look here. We got to hurry. Got to hurry. I'm running too many rabbits. We need to be real in our speech. We need to be real in our service. He said, he said, visit the followers and the widows in their, in their affliction. And, lastly, number three, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, this is separation from the world. We need to be real in our speech. We need to be real in our service. And we need to be real in our separation. It says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Now, by the world... James here means society without God. You look on TV and you see it's full of the world. A godless environment, a godless atmosphere, a godless government. Satan is the prince of this world, and the lost are the children of this world. Now, as the children of God, we are in the world physically, but not of the world spiritually. In other words, we have to live here. We have to be here. Now, even Jesus said this. He said, when Jesus was praying to the Father for his disciples, he said, I pray you not take them out of the world because they got to reach the world. He said, but I'm praying you'll keep the world out of them. Amen? We are sent into the world to win others to Christ. It is only as we maintain our separation from the world that we can serve others. Now, this world wants to spot the Christian. It says keep him unspotted from the world. Now, the world wants to taint us. The world wants to get us dirty. The world wants us to, to, uh, 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 to mess us up so we won't be in effect or have an effect on those around us. Now, how does this happen? Let's do these real quick. Let's do these real quick. How do, how do we get spotted? How, how, do, how do we get spotted? How does Satan come in and take away our effectiveness? Because you've got to understand, here's what, here's what a lot of Christians don't get when it comes to separation. Why would somebody want what you have if you're just like them? If you talk just like them, if you look just like them, if you act just like them, if you behave just like them, if you have no hope just like them, no peace just like them, if you gripe just like them, if you whine just like them, if you worry just like them, why would they want what you have to offer? God says, be different. Be different. Jesus was amongst them. But he was different. Are y'all with me? Now, in the difference, the difference is what made them want to be with him. Amen? Now, but how do we get spotted? How does a good Christian who has well-meaning ideas and intentions, how does he get spotted? How many of y'all know it doesn't just happen overnight? You don't go go from singing in the choir uh, uh, one day 
and, and walk in the street another day. It don't happen that way. It don't happen that way. There are many people who've got caught up in addiction. There's many people who've got caught up in pornography. There's many people who've got caught up in all kinds of crazy stuff. But it didn't happen overnight. It happens, this is the process. Number one, it starts with a friendship of the world. A friendship of the world. The Bible says in James 4, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your, your lust that war in your members? You lust and you have not, you kill and desire to have. You cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Now watch what he calls them. Verse 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world is the enemy of God. Now, he uses the word adulterer and adulteresses. Now, we're not talking about a physical relationship and a physical affair with somebody else's spouse. What he's saying is, you are the bride of Christ. You belong to God. You are betrothed to Christ. You are spoken for, if you will. And if you go out into the world and you start flirting, being a friend. Now, this, when it says being a friend of the world, it's not talking about being friendly to, 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 to sinners. Does everybody understand that? It means cozying up and getting comfortable with stuff of the world, the world's line of clothing, the world's uh, behavior, the world's belief system. How about the world's music? In other words, we just kind of, we, we, we're not walking in the darkness. We just don't mind a little stroll in the shade. We're just kind of flirting. We're not out there, but we're not. We're not, how do I, we're not enemies with the world. I don't think nobody in here, I don't think nobody in here, if they had, a, had an opportunity tonight, I don't think anybody in here would go have dinner with ISIS right now. Ain't a, ain't a chance. Nobody in here say, hey, come on over. Let's have some dinner. No, there's an enemy. And what God is saying here. If the world doesn't stay, when I say, you remember what we say when we're saying the world? We're not talking about the people. We're not talking about sinners. We're talking about their belief system, their behavior. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm not, I don't have to get too elementary in this. Do y'all know what I'm saying? Say man. When I say the world, we get used to the music. We get used to the behavior. We get used to the, 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 the philosophies of the world and the way the world thinks and operates and believes. It starts with just being friendly. But then we move to number two. We move from being friendly to the world to loving the world. Friendship of the world then to love for the world. What does 1 John 2 say? 1 John 2 says this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. Now watch this. The world, the world, and the lust thereof, the desires thereof, the appetites for it. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We move from the friendship of the world to the love of the world. Then number three, to being conformed to the world. We get friendly with it. Then we, then we start liking it. 
and then we start practicing it. We, 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 we see the dress styles on TV and we start, we start our flesh desires that because that, that, there's nothing good about our flesh and, and wicked about and, and then And then so we just, start, we just start conforming to the pattern, looking like them, talking like them, uh, 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 behaving in, in, in ways that are like the world. I mean, I can get specific, but you, you know what I'm talking about. It could, it could happen in any, any form, whether it's music or dress or behavior or, or whatever, activities. We start conforming to it. What does the Bible say? Be not conformed to this world. Con, con, conform means to apply or press into a mold. How many of y'all know the world is constantly pressuring you to think like them? This world is constantly pressuring you to think homosexuality is okay, that it's completely natural. Uh, this world is trying to, 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 to pressure you into believing that sex out of marriage is okay. They're trying to pressure you into believing that, that you came from a monkey and you swung from a tree. Pressure. That's what conform means. But God says don't be conformed. Don't allow the pressure from the world to come and creep in. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye, be ye, by what? The renewing of your mind. How do you do that? With the word. Transformed means this. It means, it's the word metamorphio, which we get our word, word metamorphosis. That means a change from the inside out. You put the word in, and it'll work its way out. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Woohoo! this is good. We start conforming. We start just being friendly with it. Not, not, really, not really all jumping in with both feet. We just kind of don't think it's all that bad. That TV show's not all that bad. That dress is not all that bad. That activity's not all that bad. Then we start liking it. And then we start conforming to it and start applying it in our own life. And then the worst part about it is we'll end up being condemned with the world. Let me give you a perfect illustration. Perfect illustration. How many of y'all remember a, a, a man by the name of Lot? All right, all right. I got four seconds. Close everything up or just look at me. Don't even, don't even close nothing. Just look at me. I, I got to tell this story. I got to tell it quick. Everybody knows the story about Lot. You know, Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, the Bible says that, that him and him and his 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 uncle uh, Abraham was having issues, and 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 Abraham said, "You pick which way you want to go." And 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 Lot looked over there in the well watered plains of Sodom, and so he, the Bible says he he pitched his tent that direction. He wasn't all the way in Sodom. He wasn't all the way. He just went that way. He just he just went that direction because. And then we know what happened. He got closer and closer and closer to the point he was living in the city. A wicked, 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 ungodly city. And God even sent his uncle to rescue him one time, and it still didn't get his attention until the point that God rained uh, fire and brimstone down on the city and had to drag Lot out, and he lost everything. Being condemned with the world doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It means you lose your testimony and all your influence. Because, see, he went to witness to all his family, and they laughed in his face. 
We, you may go to church, but what happens when you go witness to people out there? Do they think, yeah, come on, who are you trying to? Because they're watching you. Do you lose? Do you lose your testimony? Do you lose your influence like Lot did? But let me say this. I want to go a little deeper in this that most people don't even talk about. Most people don't even talk about this part of Lot's story. Earlier in Lot's life, he was on the coattails of his uncle Abraham. Well, Abraham went to Canaan, and a, a, a famine came, and he went down to, help me, Egypt, the big city, the cosmopolitan area. And you know, he wasn't supposed to go there, and he got in trouble, and God brought him back out. He brought Abraham out, and he brought Lot out, but this is the way Lot come out of Egypt. And Abraham brought Lot out of Egypt, but he never got Egypt out of Lot. How do you know? Because this is what the Bible says. The reason that he picked the valley in the area close to Sodom is because it reminded him of Egypt. What's the point? Ladies and gentlemen, be careful how you flirt with this world out there and what you allow in your families with your kids. Because you might be strong enough as a Christian not to let it influence you, but it may get them. Abraham was strong enough spiritually to come on out unscathed, but he never could get it out of Lot. And what you may be able to handle, your family or your children won't be able to. Are y'all with me? So let's do this. Let's be real. Let's be real in our speech. Let's be real in our service with others. Let's be real in our separation. And don't, 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 don't have a fake separation. Don't try to look more spiritual than everybody else. I'm not saying that. Nobody needs to do that. Nobody needs to do that. You need to go where they are and reach them where they are. But be real in the process. And all God's people said, amen.